turn with me tonight, if you will. Hallelujah. To Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. And uh, I believe our brother's going to try to put some scriptures up there for us in a little bit. But uh, if you got your Bibles, be sure to look on with us. Use that thing. Wear it out. Ride in it. Ride in it so much you can't read it anymore. And then go buy another one. Come on. I would never write in my Bible. Yeah, you've got a religious spirit too. We'll cast that thing out of you. What's wrong with you? See, the Lord, Lord a lot rather you scribble in them, green, orange, yellow, all kinds of wild colors. That proves you're reading it than to put it on the coffee table and worship a hunk of, a hunk of leather and ink and paper. Come on, amen? amen? The word's what matters, getting it in your heart, praise the Lord. Well, you know, just by way of... Um, Letting you know, I've been here since January, or the end of December, actually. And um, me and my wife have had a good winter. We've tried as much as possible to go to other places south. Uh, two or three weeks we got to spend in warmer temperatures, but most of our time was right up here with y'all. And uh, God's given us good meetings. The kids uh, played with us last time on the 25th of January in Eaton, Ohio. But we're about to get back into the flow with the band. Um, we um, technically one weekend a month is is when I get them, and uh, I earn credits. In in the winter, I didn't use them in February, didn't use them in March. I only got one in April on this Sunday night down in Cincinnati. But I said, you all know I earn up credits, don't you, for the summer months? And and we do biker events, car shows, county fairs, outdoor things, all kinds of stuff. But you can get on blamebowman.com and see where we're at all the time. And it, it will tell you if it's going to be just the duet or if it's going to be the band. And um, a lot of exciting things coming up this year for us. So we're excited to be back to OBC. I told, I told Pastor Grimes I was going to share on faith, some things about faith. And uh, one thing we don't want you to ever say again is, call it the mystery of faith. It doesn't have to be a mystery. Come on, amen. We can understand faith. We can understand His faith, our faith, what we have faith in, and uh, how to exercise our faith. Amen? Uh, I shared this here about 12, 13 years ago, and you know, Vicki, I'd, I'd say you were sitting in that chair when I shared it 12 years ago, because that's kind of your spot, ain't it, you know? And <laughs> now it won't come out just like it did then. Uh, for one thing, we're all still learning something, I hope. Amen. But, um, but I just want to share some things tonight regarding faith. And the foundation of faith is what we might call this. And then uh, next week, we're going to talk about the trial of your faith and what to do in those situations. And then the last week, we'll preach on the application of your faith, speak to the mountain, and things like that. So. Don't miss a one of them. Amen. Chapter 11, verse 6, Hebrews says, Now, as you know, this whole 11th chapter, sometimes we call it the chapter of faith. It says, by faith, Abraham. By faith, Abel. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Jacob. You know, the list goes on of people that done things by faith. Moses, by faith. Isaac, by faith, did this. Enoch did this by faith. But look at verse 6. But without faith... It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is 
and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, you know, let's not rush across that. Let's take our time here. For one thing, I don't have a lot of scripture. didn't hand out an outline tonight. I guess you noticed that. But if you're a scribbler, write these verses down. Take them home. Read them again. Ask the Lord to keep speaking to you through them. But I want you to see there's two things here that must. Everybody say must. He that cometh to God must believe two things. Well, of course, that he is. <laughs> I mean, if, if you didn't believe or that he exists is what that means, you wouldn't come to him if you didn't think there's anybody he's coming to, right? You know, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, that's an awesome verse right there. God is a rewarder. Come on, saints, shout amen. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, it's not that God's holding out on you, but if you're a part-time believer or an SS Christian, a secret service believer, or if you just kind of visit with Jesus at Christmas and Easter and in a catastrophe occasionally, then you probably got a pretty dry walk with the Lord. You know what I mean? But there's something special about it. And this ain't earning it. It's not working for it. It's just a matter of hunger. You know, I told some people the other day, and when I first said it, they kind of looked at me like, what did he just say? Because it's so different than what you hear all the time on TBN. But, but anyway, um, that, was, that was funny what I just said right there. That was hilarious what I just said right there. But, uh, you know, because they're always saying, 20 things you need to do. There are five things you need to do. And I, you know, and they're always telling, oh, my God, you keep the numbers. That'd be hundreds of things. It's only 24 hours a day. Wear me out, boy. Say, don't that be complicated? I told some people the other night, I said, if you've not read your Bible in a week, you should not feel guilty. You should be hungry. <laughs> see, see we're, as long as we get our quota, we can read it out of ob obligation, not even be hungry. As long as you appear to be that spiritual little person you're supposed to be. But see, when you're hungry, nobody has to tell me tonight to go balance out that tilapia with a malt from Steak and Shake on the way home. Glory to God. I'm already thinking about it, Dennis. Hallelujah. We need balance in life. You know that's right. Chrissy said, I'll take a sip. Yeah, you can tell who takes a sip and who drinks it all around my house. But my, my point is this, that, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm, I was thinking last night about Waffle House this morning. <laughs> you know we will, brother. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to say something right here, and people don't like to hear this, but it's true. You do about what you want to do. If there's somebody that's been bugging you about getting together, having dinner, or going to their house or something, or coming to your house, have you ever noticed how it's so easy for years to never have time to go out with them? But if it's somebody you want to be with, I'm free next Wednesday. How about it? Desire. Desire. The Bible says he's a rewarder them the diligence to seek him and, and rewarder folks is good <laughs> I 
Glory to God. I said rewarder is good. I, I like the idea of God rewarding. See, God keeps excellent records. Hallelujah. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Oh, you one of them guys always preaching on faith. I beg your pardon. I've done a seminar here every year for about 12 years, and I haven't preached on the subject of faith here in 12 years. Now, I have along the trail a few times, but my point is this. That ain't all we talk about. But we show can't avoid it. 1 Corinthians says there's three things that abide forever, Dennis. Faith, hope, and love. He said the greatest of those is love. But let's not exclude faith. Come on, am I preaching good? Amen. Never leave out faith because without it you can't make God happy. God loves faith. God loves it when you act in faith. And, and I'll, say, I'll say this. Now, God's not into presumption and a blind faith, but I think he'd rather have some people that occasionally just do things in blind faith, you know, <laughs> than somebody that's always so careful they never do anything. Get a little reckless every now and then. Ask big. God will not be offended. God is not sick. God's not mad. God's not up there wringing his hands. There's never a time I've come to him and said, Lord, I got this need. And he said, it's bad up here too, son. <laughs> Jesus has ulcers and we don't know where the angels are. Please come back next week. It might be better. God never did that. Like they said, I'm Mississippi, he ain't a fixing to. Now go over to 1 John. You're not far away. 1 John 5. 1 John 5. And let's just start with verse 1. I guess we'll start there. That's a good place to start. Now, now, I want you to really listen to this, this word. Uh, is there a way we can brighten up the room a little bit? Is this, is this as bright as they go? Can, can you brighten them up just, just a shade? I, let there be light, and there was light. Hey, yeah. Illumination. Ah. We don't want anybody going to sleep on us. Oh, I feel so nice. I like the low lights. First yeah. okay. John 5.1. Whosoever believeth, that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. <laughs> How many of you believe, by lifting your hand and say, I believe Jesus is the Christ, put your hand up. Well, the Bible says, you're born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now, Charles Capps used to use this, this, this term a lot, and I kind of liked it. I, it's something they teach in uh, Bible schools and stuff, the law of double application. You've never been, been to any kind of Bible college or something. It's called the law of uh, double application. Now, when it says he, he, he that, um, look, look at the end, the end of verse 1, said, everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that's begotten of him. Well, that could... One application. I'll, I'll, I'll give the secondary application first, which I don't really believe that's what it means, but it's something that somebody might think. That, um, that if you believe in God, you've got to believe in His Son, Jesus. Now, that's totally true. Because Jesus said that um, 
that this is eternal life, to, to, to believe on, on, on the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent in St. John 17, 2, I think. So a lot of people say God this and God that, but you bring up Jesus, they get mad. Don't start that Jesus stuff. Just calling God that way. He, it, it, it could be my maple tree out in the front yard, you know. It could be Buddha, as long as you're just saying God. But you won't get under somebody's skin, you start talking about Jesus. And I think that's a great application, by the way. If you believe him that begat the Father, then you have to believe him that's begotten of him. But now, what I believe the primary application, the number one, probably what he means, simply because of context, he's talking about us being saved or born of God because we believe that Jesus is the Christ, right? Well, if you believe Jesus is the Christ, you are born of God. And everyone that loves him that begat or God the Father has to love his children. See, yeah, me and Jesus got a good thing going. Tom T. Hall had a song. Some of you ain't old enough to know what that is, okay? <laughs> me and Jesus got it all worked out. You go to church, and I don't like Christians. <laughs> I don't like any hypocrites over there. I, I, I just pray at home on Sunday morning before I go fishing. Well, first of all, you have issues. You're saying I'm going to hell? I didn't say that. I don't believe you go to hell because you don't go to church. You, you go to hell because you do not receive Christ. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Let's get that straight. Going to church ain't going to save you. But if you love God, you go to church because you love his kids. Everyone that loveth God, him that begat, also has to love those that are begotten of him. Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God. See there once again, context. It has to be what he, what he meant. Okay. When we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. You know, I grew up in a church. It was a real deal. I mean, we had a good, we had good doctrine. We pretty much embraced the same uh, teaching as open Bible, assembly of God, church of God. They're about all identical in their, in their doctrine. A couple of small things, but nothing amount to anything much. The AG's got great doctrine. And open Bible's right there with them. As far as our doctrine, what, what we believe and why we believe it, okay? But um, there was an air about our church. It, it, it wasn't a, this is the day, this is the day air when we came into church. It was farther along, we'll know all about. You know, church was grievous. Church was depressing. Church was, sing it till I cry. Because we thought God was that way. Because every stinking thing I liked, he was against. Everything I enjoyed, he told me not to do. Of course, I found out later that some of that list was man-made, not really God. Go back to the Bible. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? 
But <laughs> God's commands are not grievous. God is not in the business of making you miserable. Let's see how many things we can put on them today to really make them cry and be miserable. Somebody said, well, I love cheating on my wife. I love adultery. Why why, why'd God have to put that one in his big tin? Let me tell you, moron, why? He wants to keep a 38 special bullet from between your eyes. What's wrong with you? It works. The word works. Even the part that ouches us works. <laughs> you put me back under the law. No. The law's already condemned you, buddy. What's wrong with you? You can't keep them all. You know, there's, 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 there's a big 10 I was talking about, and then there's uh, scholars tell us there's another 603. It's a total of 613 Mosaic laws. Have you kept them all? Have you put the right kind of materials together when you sew? I mean, you talk about right down to the deal. Have any of you had bacon the last week? <laughs> I had sausage this morning, glory to God. Waffle House, amen. My point is this. We've broken them. We all need a Savior. Come on, amen. But God doesn't tell you anything to be a meanie. I think I've harped on that quite enough, but I think you got the point, didn't you? Amen. Now look at verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Oh, hallelujah! I want to tell you what. We got Jerry and Jeannie. Y'all put your hands up. Come on. These folks are from Living Word Church. Give them a hand clap. Aren't they sweet? These, these people have been, been coming to hear me for like 25 or 30 years all over Dayton, Ohio. It was so cool to see you walking in tonight. But you know, these people are world overcomers. God didn't put an age on it. Come on, Bob, say amen. He didn't say, as long as you're a rich young ruler, you know the guy we call the rich young ruler, you talk about credentials that everybody wants, rich, young, and in charge. But what if you're not? Well, I'm not going to believe what GQ says. I'm not going to believe what some magazine said. You ladies don't have to copy after allure or glamour or GQ or men's health or something, guys. Are any of you really that buffed? Come on now, be honest. <laughs> to look that way, you would never eat a waffle. Never. says I'm an overcomer. Not Des Moines, not Springfield AG, not Cleveland Church of God, not Los Angeles, the four square gospel. 
Who tells me I'm an overcomer? God told me what it takes to be an overcomer. Whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. Well, who is born of God? Put that back with verse 1. Whosoever believes that Jesus is a Christ is born of God. Y'all put your hands up a while ago and said, I'm born of God. So guess what? If you're born of God, you're a world overcomer. You're not trying to be one. Quit trying to be an overcomer. You are an overcomer. I don't feel like it. So what? The Bible says you are. You held your hand up and said, I believe Jesus is the Christ. Therefore, I'm born of God. Well, then go down three more verses and verse four says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. So that settles it. See, that's how you confess the word. People get all confused about this confession thing. You want them gods that believe in confession? Of course I do. I would have to deny over 900 verses in the Bible. How do you know there's that many? I counted them. I'm writing a book on it. Hopefully be out in 2016. I'm about halfway through. I read the whole, whole Bible through and looked up every verse on this. So you get up in the morning, you can say, Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair. So you've ever hee-haw, don't you? That's one of the dumbest songs, but funny songs I've ever heard. Or you can get up and say, well, how you doing? Well, I'm a world overcomer, according to John. How do you know? I read it in the Bible. I'm a world overcomer. Yeah, but it's Monday. So what? I'm still a world overcomer. The Democrats are in charge. So what? I'm still a world overcomer. What about the bad news? All over the TV said, I'm still a world overcomer. They're laying off at my job. I'm still a world overcomer. How do you know? Because the Bible says that. And this is the victory, look at verse 4, that overcometh the world, even our faith. <laughs> See, you won't do away with faith. You want them faith, guys? Read my lips real close. Look, 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 look. Yes. Because I found out that this is the victory that overcomes the world. My faith. What if it's misguided? So what? God's patient. So you're not going to do anything until you get it all figured out? You ain't going to be doing much. The God would lot rather you just kind of just take the plunge and do stuff. Some of you waiting to minister after you get perfect. <laughs> I'd have quit a long time ago, Bob. I've disappointed myself... An hour before I've walked in the pulpit before. That had nothing to do with my calling and had nothing to do with my position in Christ. So what did I do? I didn't walk up here because I felt like it. A week ago today we did something I really didn't feel like doing. We got a friend that's, uh, they say he's got about six months, if that, to live. Preacher, a little Baptist guy. He's a, kind of a Baptocostal in, in Georgia. And their elders called and said, you know, this man needs cheered up, Blaine. He needs cheered up so bad. 
can you come down sometime Sunday morning this, Sunday morning that? I said, I don't have any Sundays, man. They're the first thing to go, you know. I got a Wednesday, the first. You know, when I scheduled this with Pastor, I almost offered him 1 8 15 22. But I decided to give him 8 15 22 and leave one open. And the Lord knew why. So we left last Wednesday morning early and drove to Georgia. Came back the next day to get her to work at 11 o'clock. 800 miles in 28 hours. We went to his house because he can't go to church. And I ministered to him with an old flat top guitar for about two hours. Laughed and sang and prayed and had big time. Then went over to his church and had a concert for his congregation. What's your point? My point is this. Sometimes you don't feel like doing stuff. I have a remote control. I have a porch, don't I, Dennis? You see my porch? I have a porch. I have a golden retriever. I even have a quarter horse. I, 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 I like to cut wood. I was chopping wood an hour before we left home tonight. I said, you like to do that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's better than sitting around all the time. I sit. Driving, sitting, driving. You know, when I'm home, I like to do something. It was a beautiful day last week, too. I said, What a day to be home with the dog, get you know, on the house and the horse. And, but no, you get up and do what you got to do. Some, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Your, your life, maybe three fourths of what you do is stuff you don't really want to do. But what do you do? You do it by what? Faith. I'm going to do everything I do as unto the Lord. Come on, by faith. I'm going to do this. Am I preaching good tonight? This is kind of a smorgasbord, but I hope you're getting something out of it. See, we're, we're, Brother Blake, I thought you were going to preach on faith. We are preaching on faith. Every time you give in that plate, you're doing faith stuff. Every time you come over here and lift your hands up to somebody you can't see, I think that's faith. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at some other things here about faith that uh, I, th- I think is, is very interesting. Let's, let's go to chapter 12 of Romans. Romans 12. Romans 12, 3. Don't make me holler. Don't make me shout. Turn them Bibles inside out. Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, uh, let me hold your place. You all ever do do one of these deals here? You know, just kind of hold your place there a minute. I'm, I'm having you hop around up there, brother. I'm sorry, but go over to 2 Corinthians a minute. I mean, 2 Thessalonians. I'll get it in a minute. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3, verse 2. Let me show you something over here. 2 Thessalonians 3, 2. Look what Paul said. And that we may be delivered from, from unreasonable and wicked men. 
For all men have not faith. Now see, when you read a verse in Romans, it says God hath dealt to every man among you the measure of faith. And then you read here, all men have not faith. If, if, if you're just skimming your Bible, you'd think, well, see, there's a contradiction in the Bible. No, no. Who did he say it to in Romans? To every man among you. That would be the Christians at Rome that he wrote the letter to. But here, he's not talking about Christians. I don't think you're supposed to put Christian together with the word wicked. What do you say? He's talking about wicked and unreasonable men. He, actually, in, in, in verse 1, he's asking them to pray for him. He said, pray for me and that we may be delivered from unreasonable... There you go. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even, even as it is with you Christians. You. But then in verse 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. That's not you because you're saved people. But there are some out there that are still unreasonable and wicked. And I'm praying that I be delivered from them for all men have not faith. Now let's go back to Romans 12.2 or 12.3. Now people have faith in a general kind of natural sense. I mean, some of you put your life at risk every, every day because the light turned green. You're trusting that program that sits in that light over there. And you're trusting that electric. And you're trusting, oh my God, this thing gets screwed up, you know. We all start going green at once, you know what I mean? So there's heathens out there at that light that are, they have that kind of faith. You know, they walk across the bridge or they drive across the Ohio River, you know, when it's up high. They have faith at that bridge. I mean, everybody out there has that kind of natural faith, just faith like that but not saving faith. Saving faith is the kind God gives you when, when, when you're saved, born again. Look at it. God has dealt to... And I want to point... Now, I'm, I'm not one to split hairs like some guy, you know, just every little word, you know. But I'm about to. There's one time I'm going to. Did you notice it didn't say a measure of faith? Didn't say that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. If he would have said a measure of faith, then you could say I have more than you. You could say I have more than him. You know, God, God, God really likes brunettes. See, he's, he's going to give them 3.2 of faith. But now, them old blackheads, they're going to get 2.2. Because God really likes brunettes better than black-headed people. No. Everybody. Go, don't, 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 don't go there, boys. You guys. I wasn't going to do that. You did that, Goki. Uh, honestly, I, I wasn't. Oh, he was. He was. But God really loves you when it turns a little gray and white. Right, Bob? Come on now. There you go. My point is. Ethiopian Christian, Christians from Britain, Christians from Moscow, Christians from Dayton, Ohio. 
when we come into this thing, we all come in at an even playing field. The measure of faith. Now, what happens from there? I'm glad you asked. First Thessalonians 1.8 These people were something else. If there was any church, two churches that I think were probably the coolest ones in all the Bible would be the Philippian church and the Thessalonians. Paul said some cool things about them. He just complimented them. If you were from the Corinthian church, <laughs> he was preaching to you, baby. Bunch of carnal outfits. Okay. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Excuse me, verse 8. Verse 8, I'm sorry. Verse 8. Chapter 1, verse 8. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Listen, in every place, your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. I shared that with her coming up here tonight in the car. I said, can you believe what Paul told them people? He said, you all are such blabbermouths for Jesus. I didn't even need to preach. You all were doing the job so well. <laughs> he said, we didn't even need to say anything when we got there. Isn't that every preacher's dream? Every pastor's dream? It's not just the pastor's job to do all the praying and all the preaching and all the witnessing and all everything. Our job is to equip you so you can go out in faith and share it with your world, wherever that is. Cool thing Christine's got to do the last year and a half since the kids are only part-time with us now. Freelance is what I call it. They, they get paid per concert instead of like they were 20 years on a salary with us. We started paying them when they were six, man. When they were working for Jesus, we gave them some money. It increased over the years up into the adult life. And, and, but, but now it's just per concert. So um, <laughs> that's taking a little bit of pressure off. Hallelujah. But um, Christine started working at a salon where Tiffany works um, about 12 hours a week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 11 to 3. She worked there today and came home, got, got ready, and came on up here with me tonight. It's just part-time. But, you know, it's become a ministry there. Who all knows if you work in a salon and you're full of the Holy Ghost, you got a mission field. Because them heifers, I mean, them, them ladies, buddy. <laughs> Some of them are heifers, aren't they? They are. But most of them are sweet. But my point is this, you know, honestly. And, and she's got a rapport with them, and they respect her now, and they love her. And, and uh, she, some of them opened up about their lives and why they are where they are and why they're living like they're living and stuff. I mean, it's really neat. See, that's what ministry is about. Quit thinking, if I could just get them to come here on Sunday morning, hear Brother Grimes preach. No, that's good. 
That's icing on the cake. But really, the ministry's out there, man. Your faith... Everybody's heard about you people in Thessalonica. When we got there, we didn't even need to say anything. Now, that's faith. And then look, look what he said in 2 Thessalonians 1.3. You're close by. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is proper. Meat means proper. Because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. He said, you people are full of faith and you're full of love. But I want you to notice that statement. Your faith groweth. Oh, okay, now what, what are we learning? Who wrote Romans, Paul? Who wrote Thessalonians, Paul? So the same guy that told the Romans, he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. Then he says, evidently our faith can grow because he says, your faith groweth exceedingly. So pretty much once you have that measure of faith that God gives you, it's kind of up to you to develop it. They're in a faith gun. Or a shot. <laughs> IV. I'm going over to the Christian hospital to get some faith put in me. Stick that big needle up in there and get, get that faith level up a little bit. No, that ain't how it comes, boys and girls. Well, how's it come? I'm glad you asked. Turn to Romans 10. And I will show thee. <laughs> Why am I speaking in King James tonight? I don't get this. It's funny, ain't it? Chapter 10. <laughs> you know it is. <laughs> 10, 17. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something really cool that God showed me here. Romans 10, 17. You know what? I didn't put that one on there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. There it is. I guess I did give that one to you, didn't I? So then faith cometh by hearing... And hearing by the word of God. Now let me tell you something here. And I'm going to sit down a half for a minute and go to the watering hole. And just talk to you like we're sitting in the living room, okay? I always hated in church when I was sitting out there wanting to drink really bad. When some preacher would do this. want to throw a songbook at him, don't you? <laughs> Commas, periods, colons, semicolons were added by the English translators. There was no comma there. <clears throat> Most of the time they did a fine job bringing the truth of the Greek Aramic and then the Hebrew and the Old Testament and the New Testament Greek bringing it out to us English speaking people. They did a fine job most of the time with punctuation. I'm going to move a comma. Brother Blaine, don't, be, don't you be touching the word of God. Like I said, the comma wasn't there so I can move it if I want to, okay? 
you ain't mad because the other guy added it. So don't get mad at me for moving it, okay? I'm going to put it after the second hearing. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Glory to God, I like that better. What do you mean? I'll say it again until you get what I said. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, what you already believe about yourself, about God, is what you've been programmed over and over to believe. There are precious little girls that are so pretty and beautiful, but some idiot their whole life told them they were ugly, told them they could never compete in a beauty contest because you're so ugly and you're so, you're so, you're so not needing so bow-legged and, you know, and saying things like that to their daughters. Just take a skillet to the top of his head. Do it. I'll, I'll watch. You bruise them. You hurt them. Those words get inside of them. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Baloney. Words will kill you. If you hear them long enough. You, you show me a church that always preaches judgment. God's going to get you. God's mad at you. God's had enough. God's about to turn the page, buddy. I mean, them old screaming churches where they beat you up every service. I come in there with joy. They think something's wrong with me. I'm the guy preaching the gospel. The problem is you ain't never heard the gospel. It's good news. <laughs> if God was mad, he quit being mad after Calvary. He satisfied the claims of sin and justice for the human race. No, all we got to do is repent and come to him. We got it made. Come on. Get over in that grace thing. I'll get stuck and never get out tonight, Vicky. I, you know, talking about grace. My, my point is this. What you hear and hear is, is, is what determines your faith. Hearing and hearing. Yeah, I've heard that. You've heard people say, I've heard that. I understand all there is to know about that grace message because I listened to Joseph Prince one, one time back in 2012. I understand that faith stuff because I listened to Kenneth Copeland one time for about an hour. Let me tell you something. You ain't even got started, let alone got it. See, I have sermons up by the preachers that I've literally listened, I have literally listened to 10 to 12 times. I could preach it as they preach it. I've memorized it. And every time I heard it, I got something I didn't get the last time I heard it. I thought I had it the first time I heard it. Now, here's, here's all you get if it's just inspirational. Oh, Pastor Grimes, that was just a wonderful sermon. That really was good today, brother. Amen. By this time next week, I'll forget everything you said. But that was really good, Brother Grimes. See, it's a parking lot. It's gone by the time you get to the parking lot. Somebody at home asks you, what did he preach on? Oh, uh, Well, see, 
And you think you got it? Blaine, you're making this thing hard. No, I'm not. I'm telling you, it's that constant, full, taking that word in, getting that word in you. See, I, I, I thought I understood some things about faith, and I thought I understood some things about righteousness, and I, I, I knew something enough to get up and preach on it. But, but then over years, after 44 years with Jesus, almost this July, I'll be 44 years, I, all of a sudden, I'll be reading some over here, and I'll think, oh, Oh, my God, that goes with that verse over in the book of Acts. I never put that verse in Hebrews together with that verse. See, and all of a sudden, he starts connecting the dots. And you go, oh, and I thought I knew something in 1984. Glad I didn't write the book on it then. Hearing and hearing. Faith cometh. Faith coming. Let me talk a little bit more about this verse. I'm going to let you out before 8.30, so just relax. It's 8.14 in case you want to know. You can look around and see I'm telling you the truth. Okay. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You'll have people say, I'm believing God. Carmony, we're believing God. And I say, so what are you believing? I don't know. We're just believing God. <laughs> see, how, see how dumb that sounds? <laughs> if, if I can't see, I believe Goki. I want you to know. I could jump up and down when I said it. I believe Goki. I could put a little hack in it. I want you to know, children, tonight that I believe Dennis Goki. I could run around the church and say, I believe Goki, I believe Goki, I believe Goki. If, if, if I ever stopped long enough for you to ask me a question, your first question would probably be, what did Goki say? And then I would say, I don't know, I'm just believing Goki. Does this verse make more sense now? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing. See, some of you know God can heal. But has it got down inside of you? Where I don't just know that he could if he wanted to kind of thing. He did. 2,000 years ago, by his stripes, he were healed. Come on. This ain't just head knowledge to me. I got this thing. And, and if it's more than that, you know, and I've got worn down, man. I've got worn down. I, that must say, you know, just do dumb things and you know, allow the enemy doors open and stuff, and got to repent, and then you go pray and get mad. I just get mad. Get your hands off of me. I know that pain down here is not something bad. <laughs> I ate six pieces of pepperoni pizza before I went to bed last night. That's what the pain is. Okay. And I've done repented to God that I did it, so shut up, devil. I'm not sick. I'm healed. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> Glory to God. Faith comes by hearing here with the word. Now, what, what word? We don't get anything else accomplished, but this, this is fine. We'll take up here next week. What word? 
It's not just magical. I heard the word, so I have faith now. Not necessarily. Go to verse 15. We'll get you the context here. If you don't mind there, Brother Richard, you go back to verse 15, 16, and then 17 again, but we'll start 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But now look at verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed your report? And then, verse 17, faith comes by hearing him by the word of God. But what kind of word brings faith? I believe it's answered in verse 15, Brother Bob. Let's go back to 15 again. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and glad tidings of good things. Bowman, is that all you ever do? You just, I just come into church determined to be depressed, and every time I come, I'm walking out laughing. There's got to be something wrong with what you preach because I always feel so good when I leave church. What's wrong with you? Who said you got to be miserable every time you come to church? There's a time to repent in the altar. There's a time to have one of them crying meetings. and I'm not against that. The Bible says there's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh, okay? But as a rule, you shouldn't be weeping all the time. Church shouldn't just be a, an old drudgery where they come get beat up. It's Sunday. Let the beatings begin. Now, I love the book of Jeremiah. I was talking to somebody the other day for a long time about Jeremiah, some, some things that are in Jeremiah. But he's called the weeping prophet. And he's primarily preaching to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And a time where they were in backslidden condition, worshiping idols, putting their children through, through, through the fire and hot, and hot coals and all kinds of stupid stuff. And, and that prophet wept for them people and he cried for them people and woe unto you. And God was rebuking his people. I love Jeremiah and, and he wasn't a bullfrog either. <laughs> for you that know about the group, Three dog night, okay. But if I'm going to, to, to get faith to rise in me, I don't really need to go back to Jeremiah and make personal in 2015 something God told a bunch of heathen Israelites in 700 B.C., so you're, not, you're saying we can't learn anything? Paul said those things that happened to them were for our examples that we could learn from them. Of course we can learn from the book of Jeremiah. Don't go out here and say, Brother Blaine, don't like the book of Jeremiah. If you say that, you're lying. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Put Pinocchio, your nose will start growing. Now don't go out and say that. I'm just saying there's a certain kind of word, Bob, that makes faith rise. Is that right, Jeannie? And what it is, is good things 
and the gospel of peace. Is all you ever talk about is good stuff? Right in my lips. Yes. Because see, if I come in here and tell you God's mad at you, God's going to judge you, God might even kill you before you get home tonight. That really produces faith, don't it? But if I come up here and say, good news, God took his wrath out on his son so he wouldn't have to take it out on you. God fixed the sin problem. Woo! Jesus bore your infirmities and carried your diseases. God's not mad at you. He's your father. Run to him. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We're more than conquerors through him that... See, that's New Testament stuff I'm preaching to you. You know, when you hear that, well, that devil mess with me. See, what happened? That, that faith, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. But a certain kind of word of God. Gospel of peace and glad tidings of good things. Is that good preaching? Hallelujah. I love this subject so much. Well, I about got through with all I was going to share. Not hardly, but that's okay. We'll take it up next week. Um, let's, let's go to he, Hebrews. This ain't up there, brother, but if you want to go back here. Hebrews 11.1. 1. I, I got uh, eight minutes left. And I'm going to use them. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Very familiar verse of Scripture. You know, you hear people say stuff, and I've said it. Quit saying it, but I used to say it. I guess we all did. You've heard anybody say, well, we're just a hoping and a praying. You ain't getting much, are you? <laughs> okay. I'm a hoping and a praying. Why don't you be believing in a prayer? That's better. Splitting hairs, ain't you bumming? Yeah. There's a place for hope. There's a place for faith. Hebrews 11 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Nothing wrong with hope. Here's how I explain hope. Hope is a cheerful anticipation for the future. A glad looking forward to of things. People say, now don't get their hopes up. Don't you be getting their hopes up. Oh, no, no. I'm going to build them up so far. That's all I'm going to do. Don't give people a hope. Don't, 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 don't be saying that because they might believe it. I'm hoping they do. Because when they get their hope, they'll have their crosshair. You hunters understand this jargon. They'll have their scope. See, the bullet brings down the buck. But the scope and the crosshair fine-tuned it so you could pull that trigger. It wasn't enough just to pull that trigger. You could pull a trigger and hit an oak branch. Don't kill a deer. You got to get that deer in the scope, in the crosshair. And then the bullet will do the work. It's faith that does the work, but hope is the goal setter. Everybody say the goal setter. Hope is the goal setter. 
Don't get their hopes up. Oh, no, no. Let's get their hopes up as high as we can. Because if they ever get hope, don't ever take away people's hope. But what if they die? They go to heaven. Big deal. Brother Blaine, don't, don't give people false hope. Is there any such thing as false hope? Is that a no-brainer? Oxymoron, what do they call it? I mean, there's no way you can have a false hope. Hope is always good. Hope is never bad. I have hope it's going to get better. I have hope. I'll preach longer if you don't start making some noise. I'm preaching really good right now. I have hope this sickness will subside. I have hope that blood pressure will go down. I have hope I will get a better job someday. I have hope I will drive a better car someday. I have hope this cloud of depression and this cloud of debt will get off of me someday. I am getting up in the morning because I have hope that I'm going to be faithful to this goofy job I have now and God will give me a better one someday. Don't ever take away somebody's hope. Because that faith, once that hope sets a goal. See, if I don't give you hope, then you don't have anything to aim at. But once that hope takes place, oh man, then we can put the faith on it. Goes out there, gets it. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's all stand up, everybody. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his word tonight. Father, we bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for the subject of faith.